0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, everyone. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnected healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join in that discussion. We do keep an eye on the chat room, and if you have a question, you can post it. We will do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, please just directly call us by dialing 347 202 227 and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. Our sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. And you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com energyawareness. You really need to put in the slash energyawareness or you won't get the 30-day trial and you won't get the free book. So that's important. audibletrial.com energyawareness. This coming Sunday, May 3rd, is Sussex County Day here in Sussex County, New Jersey, from 12 to 4 p.m. at Sussex County Community College. It's only one hour from New York City, and the weather, get this, it really is spring, people, forecast of 72 degrees to 76 degrees when we just had snow last Thursday, so how cool is that? So it's going to be one great day. The county of Sussex actually put forth a proclamation declaring the first Sunday of May shall always be Sussex County Day, which kicks off the town days that run off spring and summer long. The festivities list is quite long. First up is Sussex County Idol. That's right. It's a competition for soloists in grades K through 12 to showcase their talent culminating in the awarding of a first, second, and third place prize. There'll be a pie baking contest, pie throwing, tug of war between fire departments, games and activities for the kids, live interspersed entertainment scavenger hunt free bike helmets and a helmet decorating contest arts and crafts and a whole lot more so if you are in the tri-state area on sunday and again the forecast looks more than promising please stop by admission is free when does that happen It does not in this day and age. Admission to this is free, 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 F-R-E-E. That doesn't happen a lot, so keep that in the forefront of your mind. (laughs) This is a countywide event, so come outside, enjoy the sunshine by visiting Sussex County Day this Sunday at Sussex County Community College in Newton, New Jersey. So, listeners, how are your relationships working for you? Are they blissful? Are you experiencing that happily ever after that every fairy tale promised? You know, for some of you, you know, perhaps. For others, not so much. Do you want to learn how to repair your relationships? Because it can be done quickly with the effort of awareness. My guest is Dr. Susan Campbell. She received her Ph.D. in clinical psychology from the University of Massachusetts and has long worked as a relationship coach and teamwork consultant to innumerable Fortune 500 companies. Dr. Campbell is the author of six books, of which her groundbreaking book, The Couple's Journey, Intimacy as a Path to Wholeness, published in 1980, was the first popular book that introduced mainstream audiences to the idea Of relationship as a spiritual practice. I love this. This just really speaks to me. It resonates so much with me. She is the co-author with Dr. John Gray of the newly released book, Five Minute Relationship Repair, Quickly Heal Upsets, deepen intimacy and use differences to strengthen love and we are so very 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 lucky to have her with us here today welcome to the show Susan thank you so much for taking time to join us here on energy awareness radio how are you being
2: I'm being wonderful today and it was lovely to hear your introduction and your high energy voice so I'm looking forward (laughs) to this
1: I have to tell you, you're free. I know we're not supposed to be talking about your first book, but I have to. Oh,
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> I please. have to say this
1: because, yes, you know, to to be the first book that actually introduced audiences to the idea of a relationship as a spiritual practice, I don't know that it is anything else but that. And that just blew my mind when I read it because I thought, really? I thought that's what they were. So
2: that kind of stunned me.
1: <laughs> because for me you were
2: ahead of your time then because back in the 80s there weren't even any relationship books out there there were no bookstores that had sections on relationships and now you know there's tons of books on relationships
1: yes but they're not all good (laughs) 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 no offense to anybody out there (laughs) but seriously Mm -hmm. you are ahead of your time that is that is so it's so apparent and yeah, you know, it's just marvelous. Now this book that you've written with Dr. John Gray is wonderful as well. Um, for me, the key ingredient to making relationships work, and, and we're going to talk about any kind of relationship. This isn't just about intimate relationships. I think it applies to all of them because when you love someone, regardless of sex or not, there's an intimacy between you and it doesn't have to be sexual. So, uh, you know, anyway, I think that the kind of uh, relationship to make it work is is communication, and I don't mean just talking. You know, I mean like listening, but hearing and not putting words in someone's mouth or, or presuming you know what they mean. Really asking questions and taking it all in. Have you found in your work that this is where? Well, okay, I'm going to say just about everything in a relationship starts to deteriorate when there's a lack of communication.
2: Yes, absolutely. In in any system, whether it's a group or a family or a couple, communication is the lifeblood of the circulation. You know, you talk about energy. It's the circulation of energy and information throughout the system, and you know, communication is like your circulatory system in your body.
1: Yeah, I think it's have very, to know, very... We have
2: very, to know what each other is feeling and thinking and wanting to be able to really connect deeply.
1: Right, and that's so important, in, as I said, in any relationship, but particularly between couples. Now, five-minute relationship repair, when I received the book, I thought, okay, I can see that people would look at this and be a bit skeptical by the title. How did you guys come up with that title? I mean, I know it's accurate, but weren't Mm -hmm. you afraid that people would look at it and say, this this can't be real, how could you do it, does it work, it can't possibly be done? Did that ever come across, or was it just like, let's put it out there and make sure that they get it, that you can do it?
2: Well, yeah, I anticipated people would think, well, this is a hype. How can it possibly be done in 5 minutes? But we chose that title T in order to emphasize how important it is to repair quickly, to not let your stories about each other, you know, your negative stories, your your faulty listening as you referred to to not let that build up, to clear the air and to get back to feeling close really quickly. And people won't do that. They won't clear the air. They won't talk about their issues and upsets. If it's going to take you know, endless hours of explaining and defending, that's what most people do when they're trying to repair. They're just, they're just repeating themselves. So we decided they need an efficient way to do it because it's such an important thing for couples to do.
1: And I agree with you. I think that, you know, sometimes when I say things to people, I shoot just straight from the hip and I just say it. I, I come right out and say, okay, this is this is the deal. And people are taken aback. And they'll say, wow, you just you don't hold back, you just say. Well, I'm going to ask the question, I expect an answer, and let's move on. Because, quite frankly, life is short, and I don't want to be wasting brain cells <laughs> fighting and arguing with someone. It just isn't worth it to me. So, But there are people who where communication isn't a give-and-take thing. It's used to control others rather than to connect with them. And I think if you just get it out, get it settled, put it away, it's done, never to be brought up again, you can move forward. But, you know, the control issue and the connection issue, sometimes people get confused by that. Would you like to
2: speak to that for us? Yes. In the book we make a big deal out of, the intent of somebody's communication. Mm-hmm. Are you communicating to relate, which means to reveal yourself in the interest of knowing and being known? Knowing and being known, that's our definition of intimacy, You know, just really revealing yourself. So that's relating. And then there's communicating to control. That's the other type of communication. And I don't just mean trying to be bossy and convince and put, be pushy. There's so many different automatic unconscious ways that people try to control the outcome of their communications like smiling and nodding to make the other person <laughs> think you're listening when you're really just planning what you're going to say. There's all kinds of these little things that we call control patterns and your partner are going to your partners are going to pick this up these little control maneuvers that you're not even conscious that you're doing. So we have a, a a a beautiful inventory called the Control Patterns Inventory that helps you laugh at yourself and laugh at the fact that, gee, we're all doing controlling a lot more than we think we are. So, you know, I, I I just try to get everybody to be humble about how automatic we are and how much we're ruled by our comfort zone, you know, if it's not, if I'm going to get an outcome that feels like it might be uncomfortable, like maybe the person will challenge me, then maybe I'm going to be overly nice, and that's a control pattern, so I'm sure mm-hmm. some of our listeners can recognize this, you know, the people pleaser pattern, the hiding in the corner pattern so you won't get challenged or noticed, you know, those are control patterns also.
1: Yeah, this is passive aggressive behavior.
2: Yeah, passive-aggressive is, is another control pattern.
1: I hate that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so does everyone else, I think. And so often we don't even, again, we don't even realize we're doing it. So this book helps people look beneath the surface. Like if you have a slightly uncomfortable feeling when your partner's saying something to you, maybe your button's pushed, so that's something mm-hmm. to look under the surface inside yourself. Or maybe your partner is in a control pattern, or maybe your partner is triggered. Button, push, trigger, those are synonymous. We use those terms interchangeably. But those are two things, control patterns and buttons, that people really need to get more aware of so we don't slip into these unconscious manipulative behaviors. And I think,
1: too, that when you talk about pushing someone's buttons, and people do do that purposely, it's obvious, the more aware you are in any situation, I think you can see or feel or hear, whatever the word is, when you're doing it, and you certainly pick up when they're doing it. And it stands to reason that we can't change somebody else, but they will change based on what we do. So somebody's got to be the better yes. person and say, you know what, I have to stop here and take a breath. And I'm constantly – you mentioned this in your book, the effective pause argument, and I liked it because it's its not just the purpose for the purpose stated, but it's I'm constantly advocating to people it's always okay to take a breath, always okay to stop. That way you don't react, but give your brain a moment or two to calm down, engage that filter we have. And then
2: speak, and that's essentially what you're advocating, correct? Yes, yes. This is uh, we we break this down in the book to some ways that people can be very skillful at observing themselves, because you know you you might say people push each other's buttons intent, intentionally, but I I think really T most people are pushing each other's buttons unconsciously. They don't even realize the un toward effects of the fact that they're in a what we call what john and i call reactive behaviors a reactive behavior like judging or defending yourself these kind of things are so automatic and you're not when you're defending yourself you're trying to be heard you're not trying to push your partner's buttons usually
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you know it's a sincere attempt to be heard but it's totally unskillful and we need to realize okay what's the feeling underneath this behavior of defensiveness that my partner hates so much and that seems to push my partner's buttons what's what's the real core need the sensitive vulnerable need and and of course that would be the need to feel heard the need to feel valued accepted those are the core needs that we need to begin to learn to talk about rather than just the need to be right now that's kind of obsolete as as i'm sure you have discovered most of you yeah yeah yeah, the it right, wrong obsolete. paradigm is is obsolete. The diverse let's let's understand all the diverse points of view in the system, whether it's a family or just a couple. You know, we really need to learn to get along with people who are very different from us, and that starts in the couple relationship. And it's it's
1: all about really awareness and cutting the other people, the other person's slack, and allowing yourself to to have that space that you need to be able to communicate properly with them. I think a lot of it is the pressure that people have, paying the bills, going to work, maintaining the job, getting the kids everywhere they're supposed to go. It is a hard life for many, many people. Not many people can say, oh, life is easy. And I think when it comes down to they come home, instead of being with a partner and having them Instead of, uh, I don't want, I hate the word vent, but you need to vent and get it out. Then the partner yeah. takes it on, you're yelling at me. And that's not it. That's not it at all.
2: Well, people need to take the time, and you mentioned, you know, pressure, which is often boils down to time pressure. You know, I get home from work, but I've still got work on my mind, and i got to run to my computer and check this and that. People don't take the time to connect with, like, a hug. We we emphasize the importance of mm-hmm. of just little rituals that connect you a hug, a soothing voice tone as you greet your partner a, a look on the face that says I'm happy to see you, and then also clearing the air you 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 mentioned venting of rituals that make it safe to clear the air to say you know I'm still bothered by that conversation we had last night uh, when when you know when when you called me ignorant, you know, that really hurt my feelings. I just need to clear that so we can get back to feeling connected again. You know, we give people safe ways to bring up difficult things like that. Of course, you have to yeah. do it ideally. I won't say you have to, but ideally you're doing it by agreement with a willing partner because these tools, these communication tools that we teach, go a little bit counter to what we saw our parents do. Um, So much of what we've seen around us is the right-wrong struggle. And so these tools help us get beneath that to the more vulnerable, heart-centered place that that really everybody wants to share with an intimate partner. But we we get out of sync because of all these time pressures and and shoulds and the economics of life and so forth.
1: Yeah, people just don't take the time out that they need to be able to share 'cause and life
2: really is not about you paying all the bills.
1: I mean that's a portion of it. You have to do that. But really the connections with people, that's what matters the most. Um Yeah, you know, and we do
2: try to help people get you know, insert those little connection points at various places throughout your day. And you can still get you know, still get your work done, you know. It actually Absolutely. helps you get your work done better because you know when you're when you're feeling lonely and isolated from your partner or angry about an interaction that you haven't cleared with them, that takes energy away from from you know having fun whether it's uh, playing tennis or closing that new new deal that's so important at your company you know all these things they they need your full attention so if you have your relationship stuff in place you're not going to be distracted by uh, the, the pain of unfinished business about, about that part of your life. Right. There, is a way, there is a way to constantly clear the air in a very brief brief way, You know, like once a week you have a little ritual, and, uh, and you ask your partner, honey, is there anything that each, you know, you've agreed to do this, and you sit down together, is there anything I've done this week that has created distance between us? And you invite your partner to share that. And and anything that I've done that's created closeness, and you share that. And honestly, that takes less than five minutes. You do it once a week, and it just keeps you clear. Absolutely. I think sometimes
1: people have trouble speaking honestly to someone that they're really close to. Do you think that's due to mostly the fear of rejection?
2: Yeah, it's that kind of fear. Um first of all, the people that we're most close to, and John and i uh, we call it the one we depend on, you know, like you depend mm-hmm. on your spouse or your your partner um The stakes are high you you project a lot of importance onto that, so if they reject me or if they don't like something I did or said you know it it's it's- it's the same as when you're like a little tiny kid and your parent gets really angry at you. you know it's scary because what if they abandon me and and then they won't feed me anymore? You know it's got that <laughs> kind of flavor to it when you're in an intimate uh adult relationship, so honesty is difficult, but we give people the tools to be honest in a positive way, in a a way that is revealing and it's like admitting that I was hurt rather than blaming you for hurting me. And then asking, giving your partner, "Here's, here's what I need in order to feel close to you again. I just need to feel that you value me. You know, I got my rejection button pushed. You know, we talk about rejection as one of the major buttons or triggers that people have rejection abandonment being controlled being ignored these are the buttons that your partner can push like nobody else and so Mm -hmm. sometimes you're even more careful with your partner than you would be like to the person sitting next to you on the airplane that you never met before some people pour their heart out to those people like they haven't even done to their spouse
1: well, they don't feel as insecure because they're never going to see that person again. There's That's no fear right. of rejection. That's right.
2: It's, it's <laughs> less at stake. So people are tiptoeing around in their intimate relationships, and the tools in the 5-Minute Relationship Repair Book are designed to get you to stop tiptoeing around and say what you need to say with love.
1: Yes. And there are so many good tools to do, and I think it's really important in any disagreement, whether it's a marital situation, a friend, whatever it is, to maintain that open heart with the other person so that they know that, you know, they're still loved and cared for because no one likes to feel insecure. That's really scary. But if you can just give that to them, you'll notice that they'll start to take that lead and reciprocate. Because as I said you can 't change the other person, but they 'll change because you have changed because your demeanor has changed and that seems
2: and that is terrible yeah that is yeah. true that 's totally true and you know we we teach couples in the book uh, there's some there 's a lot of exercises it 's like a self guided workbook for couples, but we teach it couples is. to recognize their vicious cycles like the more She complains the more he shuts down, and then the more he shuts down, the more she's going to be complaining. And if either one of those would change their behavior, if he would come toward her instead of shutting down, she would stop complaining, or if she would accept him and ask for what she wants in a way that he can win in a way that he understands her language uh, instead of the complaining why don't you why don't you do this you know you never that then if either one of them would change their behavior that would stop that vicious cycle right there and so we really help couples dissect what is the vicious cycle that is ruining your relationship and how can you guys begin to see that it's that cycle that's the problem, not your partner?
1: Right. And it, it well, like one of the couples uh, went to a party and she couldn't find her husband, and then she wanted to clear the air that night by saying to him, you know, I was looking for you, I couldn't find you, and it, a story came up in my mind, and that's one of your. Your yes. things to start with, you know, and and so she started telling him that, and he went over to her and he said, you know, you're the most important important person in my life. Um, um, I think I have the gist of that right. story. Right, that's, that's a good,
2: that's I, a, that's a, good. a, you know, that's in the book. It's a great example yep. of how yep. if you're vulnerable instead of accusatory, when you've been upset, your partner just wants to hug you and reassure you.
1: Yeah, they need, yeah, we all need that, security, all need that because security because you need to know that no matter what, no what matter you're what, fighting, about, fighting about, there's got to be almost a safe, place, a safe place, place for you to talk
3: to where you where are, still know
1: that so you love that, people people that person no matter, matter what, what, and they love you no matter what. Matter and, what. and if you can create that sacred create space, that space. space, I think you're way ahead of the game.
2: That's right. And and we 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 understand that people do get out of sync, and when their buttons get pushed, they do feel... Isolated and alone and disconnected and we we help uh, we help you understand what 's going on in your nervous system when your buttons get pushed it 's actually a survival mechanism in your reptilian brain that we all have, so it 's like yeah. nobody 's to blame nobody 's like super immature because you get your buttons pushed. We all have the same reptilian brain, and what we do need to learn how to do. Is recognize the early warning signals of when we're triggered. So we teach people to notice when your heart rate is getting faster, or when these judgmental thoughts about your partner are coming up in your mind. You know, even the judgmental thought can mean you're triggered. It's like you're you're upset, but you you, you go to your mind instead of your body. Some people go to the body and and they feel agitation there. But whatever it is, learn to identify those early warning signals that you're triggered so that you can pause, calm, and repair. So we have a three-step formula and try to to help people recognize. Triggering triggering is normal. You can pause. You can change what you're doing from the triggering behavior to something that's self-compassionate and aware, and then you can come back and talk to your partner and do the repair piece. The repair piece takes actually less than five minutes. T. We called it five minute relationship repair. Um, just you know, because I don't want, I didn't really want to say one minute. You know, I could have said one minute right. relationship right. repair. You know, but we liked five. But it's really less yeah. than five yeah. minutes. And and you know,
1: everybody has, you know, five, everybody minutes has five minutes to If you nip anything in the bud, it's a lot easier than if you let it go and fester, you know. And we do go to our amygdala, the fight, flight, freeze syndrome. I mean, I I find myself sometimes when somebody is irritating me and I start to get upset. It can be in the middle of a meeting. I'll be sitting there thinking, okay, get out of your amygdala and get into your prefrontal cortex. This is not about you. This is not about you. This is not about you. And then I realize, okay, and I can move forward from that. (laughs) So even these things, a lot of these things you can do on your own as you're sitting in a meeting or somewhere
3: and
1: and practice it and and you say practice these things but you i think you can practice a lot of them by yourself don't you
2: oh yes oh yes like like you said um these tools are good not just for a couple relationship but a business meeting or anything you can realize you're agitated you can calm yourself and if it's in the middle of you talking to somebody you might have to say uh, gee I, need, I think I need a little bathroom break here, or something. You know, mm-hmm. or I need time to just check in with myself. Depends on the norms of of your business environment, what what, what you can do there. Sometimes it's okay to say, just let me let's, just let me check in with myself. I need to collect my thoughts here before I respond. And you know, that's that's basically a pause and a calm time, because pause and calm are the first two important steps in the pause calm repair sequence and you may you may not choose to repair in that very business meeting but if it's an important relationship like with your boss or one of your direct reports or something like that then you make a time later on to talk about it
1: exactly a lot
2: of times we don't even have to do the, the last piece with some relationships you just know how to work with yourself and we have a we have a compassionate self-inquiry exercise where you basically learn how to be a nurturing parent to the hurt wounded part of you that's gotten triggered the, the the insecure part who's afraid of rejection or abandonment or being criticized so we we do have those parts those are normal insecurities and we can learn to repair in ourselves and in the process rewire our brains so we don't get triggered so often
1: yes and that's important for people to realize that you can absolutely rewire your brain. Because so many people think, well, I was born this way. I'm not going to change. Well, okay, if that's what you think,
2: then you won't. That's right. And you can think, you know, sometimes people think that about their partner, you know, there's nothing I can do to help her. But reassurance goes a long way to helping like reassurance that you're accepted or that you're valued. That sort of reassurance goes a long way toward rewiring your partner's brain. So you do have some control in the situation, even with a volatile partner.
1: Yes, thank you. Reassurance was the word I was looking for. If you reassure the other person, even through your debating, arguing, fighting, whatever it is, as long as they're reassured that you shall love them, there's that to hold on to, and that will
2: help get you through. That's right, and sometimes right before the pause. Let's say you're both triggered, because usually if one person's triggered the other person's yep. triggered yep. you know you understand energy awareness i know that's what your show is about i went to your website and i you know i, ch- I checked ah. it out and i i thought you know <laughs> we're going to have a great conversation because you can feel the energy of your partner when your partner's yeah. triggered your nervous system is kind of like wired together with his or hers and so you you start to get triggered but if if you can remember this and just say, you know, we need a pause right now to calm ourselves, but you add a little reassurance right at that moment. Like before you take that break to you know, do your breathing exercises and sensory awareness exercises, you know, we have a bunch of those in the book. Before you take that break, you look at your partner, maybe you touch their knee, and you say, I know we're going to get through this. And that's mm-hmm. so reassuring. And, and sometimes if you just do that, people stop being triggered and they start feeling connected again.
1: And sometimes the fighting or the arguing will come about because you both had a bad day and you both want an opportunity to speak, and you want to vent with the other person and say, this is what's going on with me, my problem is more important than yours. I've seen this a lot. The thing, though, is that if you can take a step back and realize that, you know, maybe when your partner walks in, they need more to get out whatever than you do. And if you mm-hmm. have that awareness that, you know what, the junk that I'm dealing with, I can deal with, and allow them to space, it, it, you need to know when it's your turn. You need to know when that's it's right. the other person's turn. And, and I feel into the energy of, okay, he needs to talk, I'll let him talk, my problem's not that big a deal.
2: Yeah. Now, it, it, and having a check-in ritual that's kind of nonverbal, like, you know, just hugging or something, that can start to harmonize your energy so you can pick up your partner's cues. You can actually feel when you're hugging that they're agitated, they're not relaxed. And so you you can tune in and give them the space to vent first. Then you can get your turn afterwards and they'll be more receptive.
1: And sometimes you don't even need your turn because their turn was such that you learned something from it, you stayed aware, you were present in the moment, and yours really seems minimal compared to it, so you can just kind of fluff it off. That happens a lot so uh, cuz we really, really uh, yeah our heads yeah, just our build heads things up, up you know oh. so we are speaking we are, with Dr. Susan Campbell co-author Campbell. of 5 minute relationship repair quickly heal upsets, deepen intimacy and use differences to strengthen love. And to learn more, please visit her website she has two, www.susancampbell.com and www5 com. So go ahead and write that down now so you can check it out after the show. You know, I you know, there was one section that I I was interested in because this comes up a lot and and I don't I guess I just don't get it. <laughs> Why do people bring up the same old baggage over and over again once it's argued or discussed? Why do you have to bring it up again and again? Even in a court of law, you can't be tried again for a crime once the verdict is in. So why is this hard for people? Why do they keep doing that? I don't get that.
2: Uh yeah, well a lot of people ask that. Uh and usually well, uh it's first of all There's been some trauma to the relationship that at least from one person's point of view, maybe the other person didn't even realize how how it felt to their partner. So there's been some trauma that hasn't been fully cleared. If they cleared it really thoroughly the first time, it wouldn't keep coming back. But they weren't processing, they weren't doing the repair in an effective way. So that's that's one reason it, it comes up over and over. But I do need to say that let's say it's something like an affair, because uh, mm-hmm. I've counseled lots of couples who, where one person has had an affair and the other person says, "Gee, we you know we went over this and you know I'm not seeing her anymore or I'm not seeing him anymore. You know just get over it and you know how many times do I have to tell you how sorry I am? Well, the person who's been hurt sometimes just one of those kind of traumas it takes you know quite a number of go rounds to feel like you re- you know you really have the trust back and you know i can't really explain that except that for the most part the repair process hasn't been thorough you know cuz i think you could ideally do one complete repair and it would be done uh, but then there's like the extent of the trauma. There's a lot of factors. The extent of the trauma, yes. like yes. you know how how shocking was it, and um, also how wounded or traumatized you were as a child.
3: Because mm-hmm. people
2: who are who have had more of the similar kind of trauma, like abandonment or you know rejection or something as a child, they may need to get more reassurance from their spouse then maybe the spouse thinks they ought to have to give, you know, can't you tell I love you? But that's just that's just cuz they haven't realized that when the person who's saying can't you tell I love you, that person's buttons are probably pushed too because they feel like they've done a great job reassuring and they've they've really recommitted to the marriage and they go, you know, and so the person who's saying get over it is really also triggered, and they need some attention for their healing, too, because they're feeling like, God, I can't get through to this person. You know, I'm ineffective. And so, you know, somebody has to be very skilled at working with a trauma in a relationship to to help them thoroughly repair the first time. But it is possible, and I would say the tools in this book are great for couples counselors who are working with traumatized couples. This is this is going to be something that couples counselors use, not just couples themselves.
1: I've already told a few people to you know go get this book and read it. You guys need it. <laughs> Thank you. And then do it. But you know, and I understand like having an affair. That's a big ticket item. I would imagine that it would take a lot to build the trust back. You know, an awful lot. Mm-hmm. But. Then there are the, the stupid, stupid, petty arguments. You know, I have a friend who's constantly yelling at her husband because he never brings the garbage can in the house. And I said to her once, when are you going to stop yelling at him for that? How many times are you going to bring this up? It's, why don't you just get it? It's such a small thing. Who cares? Is anybody going to die because the garbage can wasn't brought in? And she says, it really just goes up my nose. And I said, I get that. But, you know, you got to let it go. Well, stop. here you if go. this is the only problem with the husband, you know, you, got, you don't have a problem. <laughs> they,
2: it's not really about the garbage cans. That's what we've found. Yeah. In, I, I've been doing this for 45 years. And, you know, today it might be the garbage cans. Tomorrow it might be the kids, who's going to take the kids to school or whatever. But there's an underlying need that feels like it's not being met. So she's complaining because she's afraid my needs don't count. How many times have I asked him to help me out, and he doesn't do it, and I take that personally? Now, you know, we have to learn that taking something personally like that, it really isn't personal. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. But but we do take these things personally, and we do need reassurance. Not, honey, I will try to do better. It's not that. It's I hear the need to feel like you're valued I care about your needs, you know that's the that's the reassurance the person really needs, and it usually doesn't have anything to do with the garbage can yeah couples couples yeah. tend to fight about the same thing over and over and over, but when I say the same thing, it's something like my needs don 't count or I can never get it right with her. you know she's always unhappy about something you know so the it could be today it could be the garbage cans tomorrow it could be the kids. But it's, I need to feel accepted by my partner, or I need to feel valued. So it's usually one of these core needs. And so we we take couples through uh, a number of exercises where they first get in touch with their core needs so they can speak those. And they can actually get in touch with their partner's core needs, too. So if your partner's upset reassure the core need don't talk about the garbage cans <laughs> you know so we teach people the deeper language of what's really being what's really needed here to resolve the situation once and for all
1: which is that's that's where you distinguish between core feelings and reactive feelings correct
2: yes yeah core feelings yep. and core needs um that's that's you know that's a new terminology for some people but it'll make sense if if you see how we lay it out in the book, and the core needs are what people really need to learn a, voc- a vocabulary for, because they don't they haven't learned how to talk about. I need to feel like my needs matter to you. People don't talk like that, you know. But they need right. to learn to talk like that because that's what gets you connected again. And and it's not that hard because we we take you through all these little exercises where you practice speaking that way to your partner and pretty soon it actually starts to feel really good and you go, well, hey, this works. Why not keep doing this? And you do have
1: a, so many different um, exercises that one can, can do or that the couple can do and it, it 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 starts with I believe it was at the beginning of the book. It starts with not spiraling downward, you know, because no. that happens so often. A little bit of upset, and the next thing you know, it's a huge knockdown dragout fight.
2: Yeah, that's because they haven't paused. You know, they kept talking mm-hmm. after their buttons were pushed, and anything you do or say after your buttons are pushed is going to get you farther and farther into the hole, and it's going to be harder to dig yourself out of that hole. So we recommend pausing quickly, calming yourself quickly, and repairing quickly.
1: Yeah, and that is probably the the key ingredient is to just repair as quickly as possible because when you hold it in, it only festers more. And you build those stories up, like in the book, you know, and you're thinking all these things. And 99 times out of 100, everything you're thinking that's horrible and wrong at the outcome is nowhere near the outcome. It's never as bad as you've seen
2: it's, it's right. We project our worst fears onto a situation when we get our buttons pushed, and that's why we need to learn to recognize, oops, I'm in a triggered state. It's sort of like I'm drunk, you know, like you know when people are drunk they don't make sense a lot of times and they they don't use good judgment and that's uh, the same thing i'm drunk with these fight flight and freeze nervous system chemicals so you know don't try to get in a don't try to get in a in a discussion when you're drunk and don't try to get into an important discussion when you're triggered it's the same thing
1: yeah absolutely yeah. um
2: uh, you know it's really too bad because I think people
1: should go to therapy prior to marriage to learn how to dispute fairly and equitably and without harm to the other person, don't you?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. My partner and I are um you know fairly new couple and we use all the tools in this book and we have a therapist too who helps us with the tools in this book. I gave my therapist the book. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that's a good one. I, I like that. control. You can do that,
2: too, <laughs> listeners. If you like what you hear and your therapist is not doing a great job, get five-minute relationship repair and give it to him as a gift.
1: Yeah, and then go find another therapist. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true, though. It's, it's though. It's book you know if you're thinking of going to therapy and maybe sometimes you know one person in a couple doesn't want to go but if you get the book and yeah. read it and start talking about it and saying you know there are some tools in here would you mind reading just this one section would you mind working with me on this it's all in the presentation you know from, from the moment I was married my husband and I you know we, we don't fight a lot but when we did fight I would think about it, and then the next day I'd get up, and it was almost like I was doing a PowerPoint presentation explaining my side. And the first time this happened, he looked at me and said, this is not a PowerPoint presentation. And I said, I'm just trying to explain to you where I'm coming from so you get, you know, have an idea. And he goes, okay, and he thought it was a really weird way to fight. But I grew up around a lot of yelling and screaming, and I did not want that. That was nothing I wanted in my life, and I wasn't going to do it. So we, so we didn't. So now mm-hmm. it's a PowerPoint presentation approach.
2: That's how I yeah, refer to it. Yeah, the logic, you know, you know, this is what I need you to hear. And a lot of times if the if your partner knows that um, you need to make your presentation, but they will have a turn, you know, it's not just a one-way communication, but you, you are interested afterwards in their response to this and what this brings up for them, uh, you know, then that's uh, usually going to work better.
1: Yeah, it's just a totally different way of looking at how you can communicate with the person and make decisions. You know, because it is about living together, making compromises, and making decisions together.
2: Yeah, and and uh, like I was saying before, living with somebody who sees the world different from you, and sooner or later, all, no matter how, all, how similar you seem in the beginning, <laughs> you're going to find you're quite different in a lot of ways. Yeah, this is the big challenge of our time. Yeah. Learning. Empathy with somebody who gee how you know you, you think how could how could he be thinking that way? Mm-hmm. Well, kind of like what's wrong with him <laughs> but we need we need to find out that it's not wrong, it's different, yes, and when you look
1: at when you read your book five minute relationship repair, what you get from it. A lot is you insight into yourself and how, oh, yeah, I do that. I wonder if that picks no, them pick off. Pick okay, them okay I need to stop. Okay. I need to be more aware. And you can really see things. Or I was kind of laughing because I was like, oh, I remember when I used to do that. I got past that one. That's good. <laughs> Great. And so did he. Yeah. I could pick things out, you know, and no, this is what we both did. This is what he did. This is what I do. And now I, I might get upset, but I do take that deep breath and say, okay, I need to just stop. And it's okay, and go within and deal with it, and then do my little PowerPoint presentation, and I'm happy camper. So is he. Yeah, good.
2: <laughs> yeah, and people know no. about deep breathing. You know, count to ten, deep breathing. I mean, these, you know, these these are common tools that we just forget to use, but they're excellent tools. What's interesting is more and
1: more people are now taking, like, yoga classes and doing meditation, which when they go to that after work or before work, it helps in every aspect of your life because it becomes ingrained in you that you can just slow down and take a breath. That's what it's all about. makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Is there any tool in your book that you feel is probably the easiest one for somebody to start with?
2: Uh, I would say that um, we the the it's kind of like the hugging practice, but it's not mm-hmm. just the hugging mm-hmm. practice, but something that like we have a little exercise where you imagine and you, you you imagine and you and then you share it with your partner. Imagine your ideal scene if you were writing the script of a movie of how. Two people would greet each other when they come home from being separated like one person was at work or they were both at work and they've got other things on their mind. So what would your ideal movie script be? And then you just tell that to each other. You know, I see us walking in the room and putting down our books and papers and looking into each other's eyes and saying, how was your day? Or I see it as totally nonverbal but just a hug as soon as we get in the door and hugging for a long time, or just you know people share their fantasies, and um you know positive things are so much easier to deal with' of, like I want to feel close to you now, who doesn't want some ways to feel close to their partner so that's that's mm-hmm. probably one of the easiest practices is that is that little exercise or just generally having the conversation about how would we like to be in terms of Sharing affection—it's like bringing and, some you know, intentionality I mean, you know, into into the relationship, and just instead of just doing what you've always done.
1: Exactly, and it's something to look forward to when you go home too.
2: You know yeah. that
1: you know that person's going to be there for you.
2: It calms your nervous system down if you've come home a little mm-hmm. agitated from things that happened during your day. I mean, touch. Touch is such an important, you know, you make your living doing a lot of things that have to do with touch, and, and mm-hmm. I make my living helping people learn the healing power of touch for uh, people who care about each other.
1: Yes, when a couple, when, um, when you have a spouse who passes, one of the most common things that people say is, I'm going to miss being touched, or I miss being touched, and that's very, very, that's sad. very, very sad. You know, that's very, yeah, that's yeah, very, yeah it's... Sad. Because we're human, we need that. And and I've often times said to people, look, you know, when your husband comes home, just go over and hug him. Hug him for ten seconds, kiss him for ten seconds. Oh, t we don't do that anymore. What do you mean you don't do that anymore?
3: Why not? Mm. Why not? Start it. Mm-hmm. Start it up. Mm-hmm. What's the big right deal? On. Good. Yeah.
1: Just do it. You know, it it helps. It it it. it you need that connection. Because God forbid something happens to one of you. Guess what? That connection's gone, and you're never going to have it again. You know? It's um. Um, your book is great. There are so many so many tools in it and so many things that people can learn just by reading it on their own or as you did, bring it to your therapist and say, Here, read this book and use it on us. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
2: It's and I just want to so, insert here, you can you can use it with your kids, um, with with your adult parents if you're already an adult, um, with with family members. So these tools are good for other relationships as well.
1: Absolutely. As I said at the top of the show, this is not just about husband and wife or partner. It is about, you know, anybody in your life that you want to relate to. And let's face it, that's just about everyone. It could be the, you know, the clerk at the grocery store. Just look at them and talk to them by looking at them. You're going to feel a connection and you're going to raise the vibration and everybody's going to feel better. So it's, it's that connecting thing, you know. Um, Oh, gosh, we're almost at the top of the hour. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, uh, Five-Minute Relationship Repair, Quickly Heal Upsets, Deepen Intimacy, and Use Differences to Strengthen Love?
2: Uh, The book is available at at all major booksellers uh, like Amazon, and probably the most popular one, and uh, also at our website, Five-Minute Relationship Repair. Uh, And also at my website, SusanCampbell.com, where you can also uh, learn about free teleclasses that I offer once a month. I I offer group counseling by teleclass. I have just an hour a month that I offer to the public. I offer free 15-minute sample coaching sessions. So you would go to my website for that, SusanCampbell.com. If you go to 5-Minute Relationship Repair, you can download the workbook that has all the exercises in the book for free.
0: So, you know, and there's
2: also a lot of good articles there that um expand what we have in the book. So, you know, if you really want to make this a practice, go to the 5-minute relationship repair website and get that workbook.
1: And I will say, if you really want to have relationships that are meaningful, you will want to do this practice. It really is a wonderful book. There's a lot in it. It's chock full. So go ahead and get the book and, and start working on that, and you will find every part of your life, every aspect of your life will change for the better. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so that you won't get lost in the drops of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. Again, Susan, thank you so much for joining us. I very much appreciate you sharing your time with all of us here at Energy Awareness Radio. This is a great, great show. Thank you. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is P. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So get out your calendar and make a note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You will find an archived list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming concerts I'll be hosting including, including my crystal bowl concerts. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's S N R G Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
3: I got a roof over my head I got a wall want- i It's not a...